This is part two of a, of a series that I started last week about the most important voice in your life. And last week we, we talked about many things, but we talked about how at the trial of Jesus uh, against the desires of, of Pilate and, and, and against the normal process of Roman law and against everything else, the Bible says that the voices of the people that were shouting, crucify him, crucify him, those voices, they, they, they were loud, they were insistent, and the Bible says that they prevailed. They prevailed. And we talked about the fact that what kind of voices are we going to allow to prevail in our own lives? Because the enemy has a voice, and he will speak, and he will try to talk you into something or interfere with your decisions and, and so on and so forth. And I talked about how the enemy operates and, um, and how we need to make a decision that the voice we're going to listen is not his voice, but it's going to be the right voice, the voice of God. And we talked about the fact that, uh, in fact, the, the loudest, loudest of voices often is the voice of our own thoughts, that sometimes someone may be talking to us and, and 20 minutes into the conversation, we may go like, I'm oh, sorry, can you say that again? Because I haven't really, why? Because suddenly your mind is somewhere else and it's taken over and your thoughts actually became louder than the external voice of this person that was speaking to you. And I'm sure that has happened to you. It has happened to me to my great embarrassment. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but it happens often when the loudest voice within us is the voice of our own thoughts. So I want to, uh, and, and we talked about many things, you know, and, and uh, I would encourage you, if you were not here last week, that you would go back to our YouTube channel and check that message because then you will understand really, really well this message today. But we ended in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, where it says, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. So we talked, this is where we ended last week. This is not the central passage of last week. It will be the central passage of this week. And, uh, and this is the story of a powerful miracle that happened to a woman who had a long-term incurable kind of condition. And this miracle could have, could have not happened, of course, without Jesus. Secondly, without the cooperation of her faith, because Jesus said, your faith has made you well. But then there's a third aspect that we often overlook, and it is so important. It, it may be the key that is perhaps hindering you from receiving from God or or, or maybe it is the key that will help you facilitate, receive more fully what God has for you. The Bible says in verse 21, For she said to herself, If only I may touch the hem of his garment, the fringes of, of his garment, I, I shall be made well. If only I may touch. Now I want you to see that prior to coming to Jesus, prior to touching him, Prior even to talking with him, this woman had a talk to herself. She said to herself, even before she spoke with Jesus, even before she spoke with her friends, even before anything happened, she had this internal conversation. 
uh, the nature of the conversation on inside of her was, was, was such that, that she was able to appropriate the miracle that Jesus had for her. Amen. She could have said to herself, well, I am, I'm not worthy. I am unclean. This will never work for me. I'm not the kind of person to, to whom, you know, this kind of things like miracles happen. I'm not that kind of person. But, but you know what? She didn't, she didn't say that. She didn't talk herself out of her miracle. No, the Bible says even before she came to Jesus, even before she addressed Jesus, she addressed herself. She spoke to herself. So, you know, uh, your internal dialogue can place you within reach of what God has for you, but it can also be such that it will push you away from what, uh, in a different direction of what God has for you. And I've seen that so, so many times. I've seen that in a prayer line. I mean, I'm about to pray. Do you believe God's going to touch you? Well, I don't know about that. Well, then you've just talked yourself out of a miracle. I'm not even going to pray for you, you know. Or, or um, uh, you know, our internal conversations are very, very important. Now, we all have an ongoing dialogue happening in our minds all the time. We saw that last week. We saw how researchers, you know, say that we speak up to 1,300 words uh, per minute to ourselves. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I had already heard my wife speak to herself a lot at home. <laughs> but, but then one day I realized that researchers say that all of us, we speak up to 1,300 words to ourselves. On inside of us, we have an internal dialogue. We have voices that are continuing going on on inside of us. And it's so, so interesting because this is not just psychology, self-talk kind of thing. This is actually in the Bible. And, uh, and there's about, if you follow the notes that I have online, there's about at least 17 verses in the Bible where we see recorded the internal conversations of many, many people. Like from the book of Genesis to, you know, to uh, Deuteronomy, 1 Samuel, Psalms, Jeremiah, the Gospel of Luke, and so on and so forth. There's, about, there's more than that, but these are just some of the scriptures where God records in the Bible, the internal dialogue of people, what's going on on inside of them, the voices that are going on on inside of their hearts, in their minds, the thinking, the, the conversations that they're having with themselves. And some conversations are useful. Some conversations are just not useful. Some conversations can place you within the, the, the radius of, of a miracle that God wants to do in your life. And some conversations can actually push you away from the breakthrough, the victory that you so want but, but your conversation is kind of hijacking you of, of that. So, so, you know, in some of David's Psalms, we see that internal conversation going on. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you so disquieted within me? Praise God for, uh, you know, hope in God for you shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. What, what's that? That's, that's David speaking to himself. He's not talking to God yet. He's just talking to himself. He's just encouraging his own soul. He's having this internal dialogue. He's trying to suppress that other voice that's telling him that, that you know, he's not going to make it, that, that he should be discouraged. And No, he's, he's trying to say, he's saying, hey, you know what? Don't be discouraged. You shall yet praise God for the help of his countenance. Or, or like in, in, Psalm, in Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. 
and all that is within me. And I mean, he's talking to his own soul, his own mind. He's talking to his mind. He said, hey, come on. Don't get slack about worshiping God. Come on. Worship God. Come on. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not. Forget not all his benefits. You know, it's like, Louis, come on. He, he, do you remember that time when God healed you? Do you remember that time when there was no way out and God made a way? Come on, encourage yourself in God. Come on, praise Him. Come on, get out of that mode of depression and stir yourself up. Stand before God. Lift your hands to God. Come on, you shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. Hallelujah. You know that sometimes, often I preach to myself. I do. Many, many times I preach to myself. You think this is the only time I preach? No, I do a lot of preaching. I do daily preaching to myself. Amen. Hallelujah. Second thing I want to share with you is this. We need to discern the conflicting voices within us. Because, as I said, you know, often the loudest voice in our lives is actually the voice of our own thoughts. And while it is easy to discern an external voice... Sometimes we are left confused about the origin of our own thoughts. Is it God speaking? Is it, is it, is it just me? Is it the flesh? Is it the devil? What's going on in my mind? What do I do with all these voices in my mind? How many of you remember the, the cartoon, the Garfield, the, 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 the cat that liked lasagna? How many of you remember that? You know, there's this cartoon of Garfield, and Garfield is saying this. He says, says, can I please get a caller ID for the voices in my head? Can I please get a a caller ID for the voices in my head? It's like, I mean, I've got all these voices. I don't even know where they're coming from. Now, you know what? God's got a caller ID. God's going to help you discern the voices where they come from. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and right at the end, it says, it says that it is able to, to discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, you know, God's Word is, is it's a color ID. Because when you have the Word of God in your heart, then you know where those voices are coming from. You identify the voice of the devil. You identify the voice of your flesh. Like Garfield, uh, he loved his lasagna. <laughs> you know that the voice, the voice is the voice, the flesh is a voice, your own mind is a voice, your spirit is a voice, <clears throat> um, and the devil has a voice, the world has a voice. In fact, in actual fact, the Bible says there are so many voices in the world, and none of which is without significance. So, how do you discern among the sea of voices what is the voice? that really matters in your life, the voice that you need to amplify in your spirit to override negative voices and, and, and accusation voices and, and, and voices that tell you that you're no good, that uh, you're never going to make it, and voices that will place you outside the, uh, the plan of God for your life. You need, to, you need to get the Word of God inside of you. So I want you to know something. This is only going to work if you get the Word of God on inside of you. If you make it a daily habit to get the word on inside of your heart. Because once you get that word, once you program your mind, your heart, with the word of God, it renews your mind. And when a thought comes, you immediately identify and, and you know where it's coming from. So uh, once you discern the origin of certain thoughts, we then can take charge of them and set the right narrative in our minds. 
It is so important to always go with what God says. Let the Word of God be the thing that sets the direction of your thoughts. Now, I have, I have a my never again list. It's actually longer than this. But I'll just write this down. I hope I can read my own handwriting. But what, what's that list? It's, it's, a vo- it's, it's my never again list. I will never again say I can't because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will never say I lack because my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'll never say I fear because God has not given me a spirit of fear but a power, love, and of a sound mind. I will never say I am weak because the Bible says let the weak say I am strong. And the Bible says the Lord is the strength of my life. Hallelujah. I'll never again say I am defeated because God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. I'll never again say I fear the future because God has a hope and has a future for me. And I could go on and on and on and on because I have a long my never again list. You know, all those thoughts when they come, I have my weapons loaded with with. My machine gun is loaded with bullets of the Word of God. And because I know the lying voices and the accusation voices of the enemy, I know when that comes, I, I'm loaded. I've got, I've got my AK-47 loaded, amen? I'm loaded. My RPG is loaded. And I just bombard the devil. Take that devil. Boom, boom. If God be for me, who can be against you? Boom. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, look at the symptoms in your body. Well, just check this out. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Boom. Hallelujah. You're messing with the wrong Christian. Go and look for some guy that's ignorant and lukewarm. I'm on fire for Jesus. I know who I am in Christ. I know whose I am. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I, I want to teach and I'm, I'm starting to preach. But let me just go back. Okay, come down. I want to help somebody here today. Now, we have to be careful not to give in to the wrong voices and talk ourselves out of the best that God has for us. Now, the woman with the issue of blood, she said to herself, if I may only touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. I love thee. Shall. It's not might, may. It's like shall be made well. And she said that to herself. Now, she would, have, she would have probably missed out on her own miracle if she had said maybe something different, like, nothing good ever happens to me. I'm not good enough. Jesus would never stop for me. I'm not worthy. She probably would have never received. But I want you to see that this is so important, that there's this whole miracle there, but it says, I like, and nothing is, is accidental in the Word of God. It says, for she said, for it means that that was the very reason the, 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 that's where that whole miracle revolves. It's around what she said to herself. And sometimes, you know, we are uh, aborting our own prayers by what we say, by what we say after we pray, by what we say before we pray, even by what we say while we pray. Oh, God, the Hong Kong flu is, is around. You know God. Like God needs, you know, we need to read the news to God. You know, oh, God, I know I'm going to be the first one to get it. But, oh, God, you know, in, in your mercy, you know, I, I mean, the Hong Kong flu hasn't even left Hong Kong. You're already declaring. 
that, that you're going to get the Hong Kong flu. And, and you know, it's just, it's just, anyway, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, do you understand why sometimes we're so ineffective in our prayers? Or maybe we kind of put a brave face. Oh, hallelujah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, pastor, pray for me. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. So do you believe you've got it? You know? <laughs> well, you never know. God moves in mysterious ways. Well, I've just destroyed all the prayer, all the sweat and spit that I've just put into this prank. You know? <laughs> Praise God. All right, here we go. Now, there's a few, a few examples of negative conversation. First Samuel 27, verse 1. David said in his heart, now this is, David said in his heart, now I shall perish someday in the hand of Paul. I mean, come on, what kind of prayer is that? But he said in his heart, he's like in his own heart, this is the dialogue that's going on, on inside of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm finished. This is the end of it. You know, Saul's going to get me. And one of these days, gonna, that's it. That, that will be my demise. Psalm 31 verse 22 says, in, my, in, my, in, in panic, I cried out in panic. In, I cried out, I'm cut off from the Lord. You know, I mean, sometimes we, we, we speak before we even think. And the enemy puts a thought in your mind, and even before you actually thought it through, it's, it's already out of your mouth. In panic, I cried out. I'm cut off from the Lord. In my haste, uh, the King James Version says, in my haste, sometimes we're, we, we, need to, we need to understand the importance of words, the power of words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And the enemy can even quote scripture to you. I know, I know a lady, she was about to die. I know this lady, she's, she's a wonderful lady of God, and she was about to die. And suddenly her mind was just filled with these thoughts. In my hands I commit my spirit. In my hands I commit my spirit. And she thought, oh, that's the Bible. And then suddenly she realized, no, that's the enemy wants, wanting to send you earlier to, to your grave. And she's like, no, I'm not going to say that. That's it. I still have many, a lot of life to live ahead of you. She was young. She was in her 30s. And you know what? God healed that woman. Amen. I don't know what would have happened if she would have given up and said, well, that's it. Let me die. And, you know. But so... You know, life and death and in the power of the tongue. So sometimes we speak, David said in his heart, no, I shall perish. Catastrophic kind of language. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 17. If you should say in your heart, like within yourself, this internal dialogue, if you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? It's, it's like if you, if you go to the battle, if you're trying to overcome going to the promised land and you already have a mindset that says you are defeated, that the enemy is greater than you, that it's not going to happen. You've already, even before you went to battle, you are already defeated. That's why it says in verse 18, then it says, it says, you shall not be afraid of them. God's trying to reverse the narrative that's going on on inside of them. You shall not be afraid of them. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. You shall not be afraid of them. But you shall remember. You shall occupy your mind. You shall meditate on the fact 
of all that God did when he released you from Egypt. Sometimes it's so important to remember, to not forget the benefits of God. To occupy our minds with the testimonies of God, with the stories of God, with the things that God has already done in our lives. Because what God has done, that's, that's our guarantee that he's going to do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, give Jesus a hand. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you should say in your heart, I don't know, how does that apply to you today? I, I don't know, maybe in your situation. If even before praying about it, even before going into it, if you already see yourself defeated, you know, and you, within your heart, you entertain that kind of narrative, then you are defeated already. But the antidote to that is to remember that greater is the one in us than the one in the world. Is greater than the giants in the land. Is greater than Egypt and Pharaoh and the great superpowers of the day. And God was... God was trying to change. There was this other voice that was God was, and that's the, that's the most important voice in our lives is the voice of God. The voice of God will always elevate you. The voice of the enemy will always push you down. The voice of God will always lead you to a place and a mindset of victory. The voice of the devil will always work on inferiority, inadequacy, and tell you that you're no good and you never amount to anything and you're going to be defeated. I love, how many of you love the story of Abraham? <laughs> Hello, someone's smiling there. <laughs> Genesis chapter 17, verse 17, then Abraham fell on his face. Every time we see this scripture, someone falling on their faces because they're reverently worshiping God. But this, he was very irreverent. He fell on his face and he laughed and he said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 120 years old, 100 years old, sorry. And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? He said in his heart. There was a little bit of skepticism and cynicism. It's like, hello, God, <clears throat> did you check my, my birth certificate? Do you know how old I am? And it's just <clears throat> within his heart. Not, not just within his heart. That's the narrative. That's the conversation that's going on in his heart. Chapter 18, verse 10. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, very well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. This is a very joyful couple. <laughs> Life within herself. Saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying. Everyone say, saying. Did she say, she said it on the inside of her, saying, shall I bear a child since I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Uh, do you see how God speaks? God speaks differently. I mean, we may speak down, we may entertain thoughts of impossibility, but God, he says, God always says, is anything too hard for the Lord? God is always giving us the antidote for all the stuff that the enemy tries to put in our own minds. God is always saying, it's possible. God's always saying, you know, it's not the end of your rope. Verse 15, but Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. <laughs> How do you know that? Well, I am God. I check what's going on inside your brain. You don't have to verbalize it, vocalize it. 
I know everything that's going on on inside of you. You cannot. <laughs> Amen. God is aware of our internal dialogues. Now, the enemy wants to talk us out of our destiny in God. He will say, you're not qualified. You're not good enough. You're too old. You're too young. You can't do anything right. We cannot allow the narrative of the enemy to become the words we speak to ourselves. It cannot be the voice that prevails in our minds. Now, all the young people here today, uh, you probably don't know this lady, but uh, your parents, they, they know this lady, Linda Ronstadt, a singer in the 70s. You know, she belongs in that, just about the end of Ice Age, when dinosaurs were still uh, around in the earth, uh, there, was, there was a lady, her name was Linda Ronstadt. Of course, I wasn't around, I was oh, I'm way too... <laughs> this is, come on, we're talking 70s, come on, who do you think, you know? But anyway, your parents know, and... Uh, and she had a song. Her song went like this. This is a song. Big hit. You're no good. You're no good. You're no good. Baby, you're no good. I'm going to say again, you're no good. <laughs> Linda Ronstadt. Wow. Can you imagine listening to that? You wake up in the morning feeling already a bit deflated because you're going to have to face your boss. You get, instead of some words, you get Linda Ronstadt, you're no good, you're no good. I tell you, baby, you're no good. I'd say it again, you're no good. Amen. Hallelujah. The ladies hadn't yet put their stuff on. They're kind of not feeling great. That thing is playing in the background. You're no good. You don't look good. You're horrible. Amen. Well, God has an antidote for people with self-image problems. The Bible says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on. <laughs> Praise God. But that's the voice of the enemy. Now, when God called Jeremiah to be a prophet, Jeremiah said, Jeremiah said, I cannot speak for I am a youth. And God said to him, do not say I am a youth. I remember when my pastor first, I was brand new in the faith, and my pastor one day, I don't know why, but he came to me and said, young man, next Sunday, I want you to preach. I said, yay! And then suddenly it hit me. <laughs> so I, 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 had, I was reading a book. I was brand new in the faith. I was reading a book by a very famous author, and I stole that message, and I, I added to it. I anointed it. I prayed over it. I thought... I thought actually that I had, I had over-prepared this message. So Sunday came, and I get up there in the pulpit, and just as I'm about to get up, in those days, pastor sat on the platform, and I see my pastor, I see some of the elders, some of the demons, I mean deacons, sorry. The, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, and, I, I, and then I see Brother Erickson. I mean, Brother Erickson was like the, he was the, the Bible school you know, it was, it was a very, very intelligent man. You know, he knew everything in the Bible. You know, just one of those people that are really intimidating. And I'm like, whoa. So the moment I got up, I'm like, my, my knees are having fellowship. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, I should have never said yes. What was, what was I thinking, you know? And I, and I started preaching. And I preached, I preached a whole message. I preached that. I thought I had overprepared, but in like 10 minutes, it was all over. <laughs> I'm like, I've got nothing else to say. My pastor kind of got up, got up, and I'm looking at Brother Erickson. I'm like, oh, no, I'm th that's it. And the pastor very, just got up and just kind of wrapped it up in, in his 
wisdom and kind of made it look like it was a proper message and that, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And my best friend, after the, the, the service, came and said to me, you know what? Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> that was no good. You know what? I mean, just stick to the law thing. Go be a lawyer. Stay away from... Po- I mean, just, you know, we all have our different gifts in the world. We all came into existence to contribute to mankind in some glorious way, but that's not your way. Just, just don't worry. Don't worry. I'm like, oh, God. I've never felt so bad in my life. But my pastor believed in me, you know. Praise God, God believed in me. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And, uh, and here I am today. I don't know whether I'm doing a good job or a bad job, but I'm doing what I'm, the job that God has called me to do. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 And that's, that's, that's when I first, for the first time, came across this passage, Jeremiah 1.6. Then the Lord said, then he said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. And the Lord just kind of made this jump out of the Bible. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am a youth. Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. Oh, hallelujah. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then he says, at the end, I have put my words in your mouth. Hallelujah. I love that. Those are the words that most that matter the most in our lives. Those are the words that should be the prevalent direction of our thoughts, the words of God. What does God say? Well, I'm a youth, or I'm too old, or I'm this, or I'm that. God says, do not say. Do not say. That's why I have a a never-say-again list. And every time I'm tempted, I go back to the list. Actually, it's a very long list. I've got it right here. I was going to read it to you, the whole thing. You know, never again will I confess failure because I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Never again will I confess frustration because you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Never again will I, you know, amen. It's what God says. It's what God says. Hallelujah. And I was comforted, you know, reading that the Bible, in the Bible that God had made, God had used a donkey to preach. I thought, well, okay, for sure I'm a little bit better than a donkey. So, yeah, who knows? There's hope for me. There's hope for me. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Jeremiah gave voice to the thoughts that were prevalent in his mind, thoughts of inadequacy, inferiority, and he saw himself not qualified, and God had to correct his, that inner dialogue that was going on on inside of him. And later on, Jeremiah declared this. Jeremiah 15, verse 16, many years after the start of his ministry, he said, your words were found, and I ate them. Mm, I love the word of God. I know exactly what he's talking about. I ate them. And, um, and, uh, and your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Your words were found, and I ate them. God's word became his diet. It became the pre- prevailing voice he was going to carry in his mouth, for the rest of his life. He was the go-to person. If you wanted to know the word of God, you would go to Jeremiah in the days of Jeremiah. 
You know, the word of God never left his mouth. He never spoke rubbish again. I am no good. I am a youth. He just, he just spoke the word of God in the face of opposition, in the face of kings that told him, we're going to kill you. And he still spoke the word of God. In the face of a king that put him in, the, in, you know, in, a, in, a, in a well and, and just said, throw the keys away, he spoke the word of God. The word of God was in his mouth. And how important it is that, that, that within ourselves, the word of God is always found it, as the prevailing voice and out of our mouth amen what comes out is the word of God not the ideas of the enemy never come into agreement with the devil amen hallelujah now the mouth speaks of the abundance of the heart so what voice do you feed on what voices do you allow to prevail the word the flesh the devil what do you say to yourself? For she said to herself, if I may only touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. What do you say to yourself? Hallelujah. Now, one of the clearest indications that we may be entertaining the wrong voices often is the presence of worry. I could, I could talk a lot about that. And Jesus spoke so much in the Bible about worry. And we live in a world that is plagued with worry, anxiety, and fear. And Jesus spoke so much. I mean, if you, if you come to, uh, um, if you come to uh, um, Matthew, for instance, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life. Take no thought. I mean, that's, a, that's a, another way of saying do not entertain these kinds of thoughts or this kind of dialogue within you. Uh, what we shall eat or what shall we drink or what, what uh, you know, all those kinds of questions, what's going to happen in the future and so on and so forth. You know, interestingly, this is precisely some of the things we think about all the time. Our minds are all the time, a lot of times, just actually focusing on all these things that Jesus said, take no thought. Do not entertain this in your mind, in your thoughts. Amen. It's interesting. I mean, I was just looking through uh, this whole passage, and, and there's, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, I, read, I wrote on the margin of my Bible, don't worry. 28, don't worry. 20, 31, don't worry, saying. Uh, verse 34, don't worry. You know, God, Jesus saying, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And what do we do? We worry, we worry, we worry, we worry. <laughs> Why? Because our thoughts are kind of, I mean, the enemy wants to dominate the narrative of our own hearts. He's telling us, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow when you go to work, what's going to, you know, and, and, and the media and, and everything that happens out there really helps us, you know, um, could create a mindset of lack, a mindset of anxiety, a mindset of fear. And, and while all the way Jesus is saying, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, take no thoughts. Look at verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, everyone say, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Do not worry, saying, everyone say with me, do not worry, saying, saying. So we're talking about the inner dialogues that we have on inside of us. Do not worry, saying, don't say to yourself, don't ask yourself these questions. And actually, this whole chapter 6, especially these verses, Jesus 
is kind of countering, and Jesus is trying to explain and to all of us, hey, if, I, if God the Father takes care of the lilies of the field, and all, I mean, are you of not more value than all of these things? I mean, God has to sometimes kind of almost be like a, a he's trying to persuade us into believing that it is so, that he will take care of us, that our future is in his hands, that he will surround us with favor like a shield, that we have not yet seen our best days yet, that they're ahead of us, that he has a hope, a future. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do not worry saying. You know, worry always wants to say something. Worry always wants to prevail and to speak the loudest. No, no wonder so many of us live stressed and without peace. We talk ourselves into more and more worry. And we need to co correct the conversation that we have going on on inside of us. <laughs> Amen. We, not, we need to stop listening to that voice, the voice of worry. We need to be selective about the voices we hear. Some are on inside of us. Some we just willingly expose ourselves to them. You know, I mean, if you, if you listen to the news all the time, I tell you what, that will help you get depressed. <laughs> That's why we need to listen to the good news. There's a reason why this is good news. Amen. Because it takes you in the different direction. Amen. Praise God. So do not worry. Everyone say, do not worry. No. Sing. Sing. Amen. Now, Jesus, after his resurrection, he appeared to the disciples. And this is what he said, Luke 24, verse 38. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Isn't it interesting that Jesus goes into a place and he can read, he can read what's going on inside of them. He said, why are doubts, why do you think like that? Why do you entertain that negative conversation within yourselves? Why do you allow that kind of narrative to be there? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? So I just want to say to you today, you know, the message translation says, don't let those doubting questions take over. Don't let those doubting questions take over. So I just want to say to you, you know, we need to start exercising what I call mental hygiene. Mental hygiene. If something is not good and noble and, and, and perfect and, and true and all those kinds of things, you know what? It's mental hygiene. You just, you just get it out of your system. And you set your focus on the Word of God. I will, the Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on you. So we need to... Make a decision. We're not going to entertain that. We're going to look to the Word. Let the most important voice in your mind, in your heart, in your life, be the voice of God. Let that be what your mind thinks. Now, I'm just going to finish with the, the Scripture we started reading, Matthew 9, verse 21. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. So you know what? Let's start speaking words of faith. Amen. Words of faith. Let's start aligning our vocabulary with 
the vocabulary of God. And, and that's not to deny that circumstances are real. They are real. I'm not denying pain is not real, that COVID is not real, that, that cancer is not real, that I'm not denying, we don't deny, we're not denying that any of those things are real. But we just, we're just denying our mind the opportunity to pull us down to a place of depression, to a place where things become so great that God becomes little and we have no faith to overcome the situation. You know, 1 John 5, 4 says that this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith. And you know what? Faith starts on inside of us. Faith starts on inside of us. Even before Jesus was able to identify the faith of this woman, there was already faith in her heart. There was already a, a confession, a declaration in her heart. All I need is to touch that and I shall be made well. She was already agreeing with her miracle even before she touched the miracle worker. She was already making a way. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, she was saying that and then nothing in her life had changed. But she was saying the right thing. She was saying the right thing. I want to encourage you. You say the right thing and you will see your life change. Amen. You start saying the right thing and you see your life change. You want to see your marriage change? Well, start saying the right things to your spouse. You want to see your kids do well in school? Well, start saying the right things to them. Amen. Hallelujah. My kids growing up, you know they know. We would not tolerate negative conversation. Oh, but the test is so hard. Yes, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Oh, but you know so-and-so is so intelligent. Listen, you have the mind of Christ. Amen. Come on, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus.